Welcome to the Pushing Buttons Podcast, the weekly podcast where we talk about ideas, concepts, opinions, and experiences in video games. I'm Kevin. I'm Robert. And I'm Kyle. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about games that we've wanted each other to play for a little bit and try to talk each other into playing them. But before we do that, how were your guys' weeks? I'll go first. Uh, Honestly, not an exciting week. I did watch... uh, I've been waiting for Infinity War to come out on blu-ray oh yes because i don't i don't really care for buying movies digitally so that came out this week finally got that on 4k blu-ray my very first 4k blu-ray and it looked fantastic on my tv nice it really makes me want to just keep buying 4k from now on (laughs) but they're so damn expensive compared to regular blu-ray so i probably won't but that was really good to rewatch, and that was that was nice do you have a 4k blu-ray player Xbox One X is uh, oh okay yeah I didn't know that were, that was Blu-ray Xbox One yeah the games are on Blu-ray really yeah I thought they were still using their weird version of HD DVD or something no those things no. were dead a long time ago I know that yeah, was they, like the early uh-huh. version of 360 with well it was a separate attachment <clears throat> for the 360 that's right that's it still used DVDs yeah um but the separate attachment was for the drive for HD DVD movies which I I bought. I had a few of those back in the day, uh, but no, yeah the the one has always been Blu-ray, and oh, now the that. the One X is the a four K four K drive. So nice, but yeah. So that's really good. And then I played some more of The Witcher. Cool. Oh, excellent. Um, I'm almost level twenty. I still haven't got to Skellige. I've yeah. been trying to do as much as I can in the main continent before I go there. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing like all the lowest level quests and stuff first. Are you trying to ones. say you're 100 percent it? No. Okay. Because I told you, I ain't messing around with that Gwent stuff. <laughs> I already failed a couple quests for, like, getting cards and stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's actually all I did this week. Honestly. Fun. Yeah. It was fun for me. Yeah, sounds like it. Oh, I will say, it was my daughter's birthday, too. Oh, nice. This past weekend. She turned two. Oh. We had a Two little parties, one in the park and one at a pizza place, but that was fun. That took up a lot of my weekend. As it would. Yeah. yeah it seems like it. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, how about you, Kevin? Um, I was curious about Kyle's week. <laughs> all week. That's hey, all Kyle, how was your weekend? Detail each day. It was awesome. Why is that? Well, because World of Warcraft came out. Well, World of Warcraft's been out for a while now. We've World of Warcraft this. Battle for Azeroth <laughs> came out. Flashbacks. And I've only been able to play like two hours of it so far because of real life stuff. Gotcha. And I'm just, you know, chomping at the bit trying to play. I was actually excited to hear you talk about it, at least your well, opinions and experiences. <clears throat> Basically, I did the introduction quests that take you to the new areas. And you start off on the Horde side, anyway, uh, in the troll capital, which is uh, Zuldazar. And it's like a giant, like... uh, I like that name. Inca, Mayan, Aztec-inspired city. Like, a lot of the troll stuff in the game is based off of that kind of culture, which I've always really enjoyed in the series. Because a lot of the best questing areas, as well as the best raids, have been troll-inspired, in my opinion. Cool. Uh, basically, I just filled around with a few quest hubs here and there. But it plays the same. Like, it hasn't changed since the pre-patch. Mm. 
and uh, I've only hit level 111. Only? <laughs> yeah, because you because the current level cap prior to BFA's release was 110. So uh, the ne- the new level cap is 120. Gotcha. And you and, were already at 110. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was the level cap for Legion, the previous expansion. I think the last time I tried playing World of Warcraft, the level cap was 60. Yes, that was vanilla. Wow, way back in the day, that was before any of the expansions came. Yeah, out. yeah. vanilla. Wow. <laughs> That's what we did there. And, I mean, I'm playing my hunter. I, I'm still kind of getting a feel for the new mechanics because they've taken a lot out since Legion first was released two years ago. So basically, I'm still trying to get a feel for the new play styles for the specs. For the meta? Well, I wouldn't say meta, just basically... I apparently would. Well... Because <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, essentially, you know, all these classes have changes to their mechanics, mm-hmm. and they play a lot similarly to how they used to play, but simplified so basically it's just getting used to that it's kind of weird but it's taken me a while to get a feel for it i will say uh there's been a lot of flack from the beta on this new trait from the expansion it's called azurite armor so basically in the previous they did legion legendaries and you could equip two of these and they're like the best items you can equip and now they have azurite armor and you actually pick your traits as you level up within the armor so basically, the new talents that you're getting are from that specific slot of armor. Instead of, you know, how you, when you level up, you get new skills. Mm-hmm. It's based off of the armor that you equip. Weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's new. Uh, a lot of people don't like it. And from little experience I have, I'm getting a feel for my character getting progress. So do you level up the armor? Yeah, as you complete quests... Your quest reward is Azerite Power, and it's basically like the artifact grind from Legion, where you get artifact power to upgrade your artifact weapon, Okay. and that's how you got new skills gotcha. while you leveled up your character. Now they just did it with armor. Yes. Okay. Kind of sounds like how Path of Exile does their skill system. I'm not familiar, but... The, the skills that you get, or at least the not the skills, because there's a big skill web, not even a tree, it's a web in that game, but uh, you're secondary attacks and your magic attacks and stuff everything that you get for a power is tied into your armor or your weapon and mm. if you change out that weapon to something else uh you get different sp- different spells different attacks based on that weapon i see yeah basically kind of like uh, final fantasy as well sure a little bit like in regards to what armor you wear for some of the games okay i'll take your word for it i believe you and <laughs> other than that um I did catch Ant-Man and the Wasp finally. Nice. What'd you think? Uh, well, I already kind of told you already, but it was a great movie. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that ending, though, that was crazy. Mid-credit scene? Yeah. Like, not the actual credit scene, after-credit scene. The, the mid-credit scene. The mid-credit scene yeah. in particular was, like, uh, audibly invoking a response. <laughs> you audibly me. gasped? I audibly yelled out, oh, <laughs> like I actually said that out loud in the theater and everybody heard me. Nice. And they all laughed. <laughs> you were the center of attention for just a moment. It felt weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm always the center of attention here, so. That's true. <laughs> I, I won't argue. 
You're the glue that binds us together. Uh, well, I love Evangeline Lily as Wasp. Like, uh, Hope. Mm-hmm. what's her last name again? Van Dyne. Van Dyne. Yeah, I always think of Hank Pym. Yep. But I thought she and Michael Douglas are great as usual. Mm-hmm. One thing that I love about the first one and the second one is the technology they've used to de-age Michael Douglas. Oh, that was awesome. Fiber. Yeah. They have really done crazy things with they that have. technology. Yeah. Like, yeah. ever since the days of, uh, what was it, Tron Legacy, when they did that with... Uh, yeah, that Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, yeah. <laughs> that, was, th- that was getting there, but... Yeah, it was all CG, <clears throat> though. It wasn't actually the actor playing the character, I don't think. I don't know about he that. He did one. the voice for it. Meanwhile, Kevin's eyes through. are glazing over at this discussion, but... Yep. Well, you did say, how was your week? He's not a huge Marvel guy, our Kevin. <laughs> I just didn't want to listen to much of it in case I decided to go and watch that movie at some point. Well, I well, won't say anything more, but... Yeah. Uh, no I, no spoilers. The de-aging thing isn't a spoiler. I also caught Mission Impossible Fallout. Nice. Yeah, I watched a lot of movies this week. Uh, that was badass. Mm-hmm. I liked especially the part in the bathroom, the bathroom fight scene. Really well choreographed, and I thought Henry Cavill was a freaking badass. Mm-hmm. Like, from now on, when I get pumped up, I'm going to do the fisty cuff thing he does when he <laughs> yeah. powers you, up. Uh, yeah, reload your arms. Yeah, exactly. Reload your muscles. Like, I, I want to play Nintendo, uh, what's that game? Arms. Arms. <laughs> For that reason, like, I want to power up the arms and <laughs> beat the shit out of people. Quick sidebar, I did see, this kind of ties into our topic from a couple weeks ago of our fan casting. Someone had now put <clears throat> Henry Cavill. Uh, As Geralt? Yeah. They did up some mock because, artwork of that. Because he expressed interest in playing the role. Yeah. Because he's played the games. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if I buy that, though. He, he's not the greatest actor, but he's got the physicality to pull it off, definitely. Yeah, I would say he's got the... What's the word? Uh, not the physicality, but, like, the presence of Geralt. But I don't really see him with the voice of Geralt. I don't think that would work. I can see that. Can always dub someone in. Other than that, uh, play a bit more Hearthstone. Uh, I experimented a bit more with Hunter and Druid. I was having some success, but I'm still rank seven ish, and trying to get the rank five just so I can get the rewards at the end of the month. But I'm plugging away at it here and there. Nice. Still keeping interest in that game. Then. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, tried a really fun version of Death Rattle Hunter. I, I'm not going to waste your time and try to explain everything. But <laughs> other than that, uh, I also tried uh, Tree Ant Druid, which is like a token deck, which was fun. I was having a lot of fun with that one. Nice. And that's about it, really. That's all I've been up to. Very nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past week, the weekend was fun. Uh, Sunday, like I was saying last week, I ended up going to that local wrestling show, the West Coast Wrestling Connection in uh, in Salem. And it was, that was a blast. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing to see it on TV, but when you go to a local show and you don't know who any of the people are, they really have to try extra hard to get you engaged into what's going on. And, man, those guys killed it. There's one bad guy, the heels, the main heels in WCWC. They're called Four Minutes of Heat. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Three guys, and they dress like... 80s punk rock mix nice. of like glam and punk 
don't know, they've got like blue leopard print pants and uh, <laughs> denim vet, denim like vests, jackets with the the band patches all over. I'm picturing it now. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, those guys are hilarious. They play the heel role, role perfectly. It was just a lot of fun. Um, other than that, I got some interest in a game that just came out called Graveyard Keeper. Oh, what's that? It's kind of like Stardew Valley, but instead of a farm, it's a graveyard. Oh, okay. But it, it looks like there's a lot more to it than just a graveyard. Like, you end up getting a church at some point and have to, like, do sermons. And But mm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I only watched about 45 or so minutes of <laughs> gameplay of it, but it looks fun. It looks like something that would hold my interest for a while. There you it's go. Something to do when you're bored and just wanting to zone out for a little bit, kind of mm-hmm. like... <clears throat> Excuse me. Kind of like Stardew Valley. Um, nice. I can't think of another thing I did. Yeah, not a whole lot else done this last weekend or this week. Just been working, you know. Same as always. Same here. Living the dream. Yeah. All right. Um, so Stardew Valley is a game I've heard the name a lot, but I don't really know what kind of game it is. Is it a game do you think I would enjoy, knowing that I don't really care for... It's a top-down, right? Kind of? The the perspective of it is, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, it goes into exactly what we wanted to talk about this episode anyway. Um, I think that you, Robert, more than Kyle would actually enjoy Stardew Valley. Hmm. I could see Kyle enjoying it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful reaction. No. <laughs> Sounds like my daughter right there. It's it's a zen game. It's It's, it's one of those games where... You just want to do one more thing. Hmm. Just one more thing, and then you'll turn it off. But it never happens. It's like, you do that thing. It's, oh, just one more thing. So you start off, you you get a farm. The story, in the story, you start off in an office job that you hate. Sound sound familiar? Well, I, that yeah. sounds kind of fun already. It's hitting close to home. Your grandpa dies, oh. and then he gives you the farm, his farm, as an inheritance. Hmm. When you get to the farm... You realize it's all there's nothing there. There's a there's a barn. It's not even a barn. It's just the little house that you have that you sleep in. You have to clear the field of all the rocks and trees and stuff, and you start building a couple of crops from there. And then you can drop them in your cell box or whatever, and people will buy them. Um, over time, you start getting bigger and bigger, from going from a little tiny farm where you have to manually water the crops to a big ass farm where you actually have sprinkler systems and you can make food and beer and stuff and sell that hmm. instead there's stuff to make from it uh you can actually play multiplayer with it now so you, you can have other so people join you how does this differentiate itself from like facebook games like farmville like in the fact that it's not just a time sink and it's not trying to get you to just spend time on facebook the the way that the game was was made. It was obviously made with love. It was made by one person who spent years making this game and designing every feature of it, making sure the animations were correct, making sure that the fishing system was fun, the crafting system was fun, um, the story. You can tell his beliefs in, about like mega corporations and stuff. There's like a a Walmart esque uh, grocery store that you can actually align with. And so, you can tell that that's not the way you're supposed to play the game. This you're basically to... has a narrative. It does, but that's not the core mechanic of the game. It okay. does have a narrative, and it it is obvious that the the guy that made the game, Concerned Ape, I think is his handle on Twitter. That's great. Um, he, he's obviously worked either in an office or for a mega retailer before. 
and doesn't so much care for them and likes to get you know local business going and stuff and that's mm-hmm. what the the core story is about rebuilding the community center um, going for quests you can go on dates with the npcs in the in the game oh, and start mm-hmm. a relationship marry them have kids you have mm-hmm. a dog or a cat in the game it's I'm, i mean it, there's other games that have done that like there's been harvest moon it's it's an ode to harvest moon and also animal crossing it, it's kind of like both it's got yeah. that same level of addiction i think it can if you're into zen games but it's constantly updated wait is that the actual genre they're called zen games I don't know if that's a like an actual genre. Because if it, if you just came up with that, that is a great. Oh, I didn't come <laughs> up with it. No. Oh, okay. I didn't come up with that <laughs> phrase. I don't know if it's classified as a genre or not. Hmm. No, it's it's a game that was painstakingly made, lovingly crafted, and has. There's even a mine you go down and has a, a combat system hmm. in it, and you level up and stuff. It's it's not just planting crops and watering them. Everything you do makes you want to do the next step up. Mm. And then when you get there, you want to do the next thing, and then the next oh, yeah. thing, and then the next thing. And it just keeps compounding until the point where you're in love. I mean, I've had that experience <laughs> with Animal Crossing for the GameCube. Uh, when that first came out, I was, like, in middle school. And I would spend weekends at my friend's house, like, switching the controller back and forth. And we'd each, like, take turns, like, doing those chore things right. in Animal Crossing. Yeah. I mean, it can be a really comfy genre to play. I could see that being relaxing for you, Robert. I mean, for me, I've already been there and done that. <laughs> I was going to say, and you said no right off the bat. Now you're trying to sell it to him, too. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I see where you're going with it. The like two-man it. pitch. It's, yeah, the good and the bad. It's the kind of game where, where you're, whether you're having a good day or you're having a bad day, mm-hmm. you can go in and have fun with it. It's not like a game... I know when I'm in a bad mood, I want to go into a game like Doom and just blow shit up or mm-hmm. just kill a bunch of stuff. Uh, I can play this when I'm in a good mood. It'll cheer me. It'll keep me at that good mood. When I'm in a bad mood, it'll cheer me up. It's just, it's love. That game is love. So I think the biggest thing about those kind of games is the, I guess, the style of game. It's hard for me to want to play or to you mean get the into. Art style. Um, I think it's more so the perspective. Oh, okay. I couldn't see doing a three-dimensional version of that because it would be Minecraft or... My it, thought was yeah. like Viva Pinata. Yeah, it would be a lot like Viva Pinata as well. I never played that game a lot, but I I did play it a little bit when it came out on 360, and I did enjoy it, but it's never something that kept my attention for the long time. I just, I feel like, I don't know, when I see like artwork for those kind of games, I just think like, oh, that's... But, you know, if you're saying it's a, a Zen game, that makes sense. Just look at it as something that's... Yeah. It's not something that's supposed to give me this big experience. You know, it's just right. it's kind not, of a... Like, the, the narrative in the game isn't meant to change your worldviews. <laughs> it's not meant to make you think, oh my god, this is the best story that has ever existed. It's, yeah, it's definitely a game to sit back, relax, play, enjoy. When love. you put it that way, it, I could see the, the yeah. potential. I... I want to talk you into the 2D art style. I really do, but I it's, don't know how to do that's it. A I, I really that's a job. I really don't know how to do it. Because there is bad 2D, there is great 2D, there's mm-hmm. bad 3D, there's great 3D. You're honestly missing a lot of great narratives by excluding that entire art style or perspective. Like There's a lot of great storytelling devices mm-hmm. that can be used in only that specific viewpoint or genre. 
I guess it just never feels the storytelling doesn't feel as dynamic to me when it's just played out in 2D, I guess. Like, I like having, you know, cutscenes, like full 3D things like that when it's just something that's, you know, text scrolling across the screen or something like that. That's, you, how, that's what I books. think of it. Yeah, I was going to say, you read books, though. You're a big book reader, bigger yeah. than either of us. Yeah, I love books. And th- well, I mean, that's why games. I like books. And when I play games, I, I think I'm looking for something else. Okay. Man, there's just I think a that's lot the of great stories <laughs> that you can read while playing mm-hmm. and experiencing the world. See, that's what you guys got to get me. Try to, to talk him that. into playing Braid. No, I'm going to do one up from that. <laughs> no. Okay. That word again. <laughs> <laughs> the word of the day is. Braid is a great game, though. I'll give you that. I think he would really enjoy it, and especially the, the story to it. I'm not going to say anything about it, but. I mean, you it's said you one of those played. Games where I've the, heard the name a lot. It was like one of the first big indie games in the Xbox 360 era. Xbox Live Arcade, it was like the launch title for Xbox Live Arcade, aside from, I think, Bastion? Or did Bastion come later? I thought Bastion came later. It came later? Yeah. It was, there was Fez, Braid, Super Meat Boy. Those were like the main, the first three big ones. And Geometry Wars. Yeah. I think as well. That wasn't really indie, though. No. But, uh... I think you're missing out on a heck of a lot of great stories by choosing not to explore that genre further. I mean, there's so many great visual novels where it's immersive, more so than reading a book, because you actually get the sound or the visual set pieces that go along with the text while you're reading. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, uh, I'm no I'm, I'm 100% you won't ever play these. Because you don't like the anime art style. Try to sell me on it, because I've been curious on this series that I think you're going to be talking about. But Well, there's Phoenix Wright series, Ace Attorney. Okay. Uh, what I love about those games in particular is they have all these uh, cases that are presented to you from the point of view of a defense attorney. And you have to prove your client innocent, because they've got, you know, the prosecutors trying to prove that they were guilty in the crime. Right. The problem with it, though, is the investigation portion. It's a bit slow, and I can see why you would have difficulty with those sections. It's honestly why I lost interest in L.A. Noir. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I think what stands out about the series is the presentation of the actual court cases. Okay. Because there's a lot back and forth, and you have mm-hmm. to actually use evidence. You have to present evidence to contradict so are the there, prosecutor. Are there, like, different dialogue selections and stuff you can pick or different ways you can play the game? You basically uh, have to uh, cross... uh, What's the word? Cross-examine. Cross-examine the witness. And you have to contradict what they're saying by proving their point wrong by implementing evidence. Okay. And you use that in kind of like a turnabout. Like, you know, I caught you in a lie. Is there a way to not get correct evidence? Or well, if you do implement you, it incorrectly in the proceedings, it's kind of like a three strikes you're out thing. So if you present okay. evidence incorrectly, it's mm. a mark against you. Gotcha. And if you get like a certain amount of misses, then you, you got to restart from your last save, which can get tedious. Yeah, I could see that. But if you actually like get immersed in the story, and you know examine all the different aspects of the case, like where the characters coming from and their motivation, along with 
how that relates to the evidence that is presented or what you find in the investigation portion. You know, you have these dynamic cases, and there's some really good cases, but there's there's also times where it's over the top, trying to be funny too hard. Gotcha. Like, they have a lot of pop culture references in the oh. series, which is hit and miss. It's on the DS, though, right? It is, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that would be the limiting factor for me. Well, there's uh, the iPhone or uh, Google Play. They've released, like, a HD remake. Okay. So they got, like, whole new sprites on there and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't like remade sprites. It's kind of something I haven't looked into, but I've played each game in the Ace Attorney series, except for the one that was Japanese only. But I love the series. It's always a great time. Do you still have them? I do. Because I have my DS Lite still. Yeah. If if they weren't 3DS games, I can play them. Yeah, I mean, if you're interested, I could totally... I'm almost there. you got to bring it home. (laughs) you got to bring it back around. So what I like about the Ace Attorney games is that each game is its own story. But there's also future games that reference back to previous games. So it's kind of like story arcs okay. for each game. And what's great about it is that they're all interconnected. And there's cases in later games that reference older cases. And you have to remember details from those cases mm-hmm. to be successful in the new world. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, it's presented in such a way where you get like into the drama of the courtroom. Because they'll have this epic music play when you're, like, on a roll. <laughs> well, something like that. But... And the characters, what I like about the style of the game, this is why I think you wouldn't like it. It's because the characters are anime-based, and they're yeah. over-the-top zany. Like, they're more so caricatures than actual people. Mm. But as you uncover their motives, they start to confess, like, what their role was in the case. And they kind of break down their like defense and show their real emotions and it makes for a compelling drama like there are some villains that are just like some of the most memorable characters in a game for me because of you know how i've broken their character down through repeated abuse of the evidence used against them and then when they break down it's always like a huge (laughs) like uh reveal like they'll like go crazy or something so it's always fun to watch (laughs) this whole damn courtroom's out of order and there's some great twists you can't handle the truth like in particular the third game of the original trilogy is like the best one because there's a prosecutor who's just so badass he drinks coffee and every time he's at his prosecutor stand he'll put his hand to the table and the coffee will come out of nowhere and he'll just grab it and <laughs> that's a that's a neat touch i mean it's little details like that for the characters like their personalities that make it a fun game series mm. to play nice yeah i might give that's, that a shot i'm i'm right i'm on the border like i said it's not for everybody but if you really enjoy like reading text-based games with a little bit more immersion and great music then i highly recommend it dun 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 yeah. <laughs> nice. So Kyle. Yes. Kyle. Kyle. Let the record show. Kyle. Uh <clears throat> so I got one for you. Okay. I'm ready. And I feel like it's gonna be a tough sell. This is really but you might come around right to now. It. Is it a sports game? No. Okay. I, I wouldn't try to force that on anybody. <laughs> I won't even play those. <laughs> Thank you. Um Forza Horizon 
racing series. It's not a no. Well, I mean, technically, racing is a sport. It's its own genre. Hear him (laughs) out. I would call (laughs) racing its own genre. There's no balls involved. Okay, all right. (laughs) I got it. Um, The reason I think you would like the Forza Horizon series, not the mainline Forza. Oh, okay. Because I don't like those either, and those are more the more sim ones. The Horizon series is a lot of fun, and here's the thing: there's a lot of collectibles. Oh, so you think my for you with the uh, yeah the hundred percenting everything? (laughs) I think you would actually have a lot of fun with those games because it's an open world racing game, but the worlds that they make are a lot of fun to drive around, and it's Mm -hmm. not just you know racing opponents around laps and stuff. Like they have specialty races where you're racing a jet and you're trying to get to the checkpoint before they do. That sounds kind of fun. And each game had like their own, they're called showcase races. Mm. And, uh... Showcase races. Show... <laughs> <laughs> no. No. But, uh, uh, I think the third one, which was Forza... Yeah, Forza... <laughs> the third one, which was called Forza Horizon 3. Oh, okay. So it's like a trilogy now. <laughs> well, the fourth one's coming out. Yeah, which... that's the one with the seasons. Yes, I I was thinking that that'd be a good one for you to try to pick up and play because it's in the UK. Oh, and I don't remember how long you said you lived there, but well, I was born there. Born there. When I was four, I moved to the states. So, and then every couple years, my mom would take us back over Mm -hmm. and visit family for a month. I thought that'd be really cool for you to kind of, you know, it'd be like you're touring your homeland. homeland. (laughs) You're kind of selling it really well, and uh, but it's a lot of fun because it's arcadey. It's got a really good feel when you're racing. It's fun just to be able to go off road and like burst through trees and vineyards and stuff like that. And uh, you have these things called barn finds where you have to find like a barn inside of a certain area. And when you yeah. find it, there's like a classic car in there. Oh, cool! And then you restore it and all that, and then nice. you can use that. And the DLC has always been really fun too. Like with the third one, they had a Hot Wheels DLC. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. And so... <laughs> that's starting to appeal to me now. The whole new DLC was a Hot Wheels land. So it was actually, like, Hot Wheels loops oh, like and stuff tracks. like that. so cool. Yeah. Oh, man, that's and taking Hot me Wheels back cars. to the Hot Wheels game I played for the 64. Yeah. And that was the DLC for the third one. Cool. One of them. And it's, like I said, it's really fun. I don't care for the simulator games, like the mainline series I could never get into. That's but. what pulled me away from playing racing yeah. games was the realism because mm-hmm. I'm like if I want realism I'll just drive like that in real life <laughs> <laughs> no kidding <laughs> every day in the company vehicle no yeah exactly but uh yeah so it's got a really good sense of fun you can just drive anywhere doing everything you want basically and then the new one coming out like you can have like houses now with garages so, so you can like actually of operations kind of I guess yeah, yeah. Which reminds me of an old racing game, Test Drive Unlimited, where you could have different houses around the island of Hawaii and stuff. But mm. I think you would actually really enjoy it a lot. That and sounds cool. the 100%er in you, I think, would, would have a lot to do. I'd be racing all over England. Yeah. 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 I like it. So. You know, that it might actually get me to buy an Xbox One. I, you should. Yeah. It's good just to have in your back pocket. Yeah. Never know when you might need an Xbox. Yeah. 
Xbox. Halo Infinite or Infinity might be really cool, and you're like, man, I wish I had that's, an Xbox. Yeah, I still need to play Halo Five, but I've heard that's kind of. Do you need to, or do you just kind of almost want to? Kind of almost want to. Okay. <laughs> and then of course the Gears games, I gotta catch up on too. Yes. So you guys like first-person shooters, right? Hell yeah. yeah. How would you feel if there was a first-person shooter that was a team-based, almost arena shooter, mm. but it's arcadey, and instead of shooting each other, you're playing dodgeball? Oh, is this that? It sounds fun in real life. What? So the what game is, is called Robot Roller Derby Disco Dodgeball. What? Robot Roller Derby Disco Dodgeball. Okay. How fast can I, you say that? I think they actually shortened it to just Disco Dodgeball. That works. But it, there's, like, disco music playing in the background. It's very simplistic 3D graphics. Don't pay attention to the graphics. They don't matter. It's a, it's about the, the gameplay itself. Mm-hmm. There's goals on either end. It's kind of like Rocket League in that sense. I think it came out around the same time as Rocket League, actually. Mm. And... There's just teams of people. If someone throws a ball and hits you, that person is fragged, so they have to wait till their respawn timer comes back, mm-hmm. and a team score, scores a goal by throwing it in the, the other side's goal. Simple, very fun, especially if you're playing with people you know. Is this like an indie game? Of course. Oh, okay. Do, do you think <laughs> EA would come out with a roll, roll, uh, <laughs> robot roller derby disco dodgeball? No. I didn't. I don't. There's that word again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I always it's almost get like you're. Hey, you're you never efficient. know. Rockstar had a ping pong game, so it's... they did. But that was super realistic <laughs> and not robot roller derby disco ping pong. <laughs> so it's Fair. it's it's fun because the the animations are all goofy. Uh, it doesn't matter what it looks like, but it looks fun. It looks fun to look at. Like I have fun looking at <laughs> someone playing that game. And honestly, if you're playing with people you know or people you even casually know online, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's an arena shooter mixed with dodgeball, mixed with just cartoonishly bad graphics that are actually not terrible, mm-hmm. and great music. Mm-hmm. To be honest, the disco part is the part that's most pulling me in. <laughs> I, I think you should watch a trailer for it. I might have to. I think I have. I might have a couple copies of the copies, couple copies of the game. Is I, it on Steam? I think it is now. When I bought it originally, it was not. I think it was in early access on their website, and I bought it, and they gave me like a two-pack. And then when that Steam version was released, I think I got one or two codes for it. So I know I have it. I don't know if I have any extra codes. Hmm. But if I did, I'd be willing to pass one on to you. Cool. Nice. It's a fun game. Excellent. That sounds fun. I would enjoy playing with the two of you if we found like maybe five, five or seven other people to play with. Has to be even numbers of people. Oh, you can. That, that makes bots. sense. You can, but that's not as fun. Well, that's true. Yeah, it's okay, but it's like playing Quake Three Arena with bots. It's like, oh yeah, I beat the computer. <laughs> or oh shoot, I lost to the computer again. <laughs> that was a short one, but I it was the one that I was most excited about talking about. It is intriguing. The name alone yeah. almost sold it to me. <laughs> yeah, and then when I saw that's it played, name. I instantly bought it. Nice. Yeah. It's nice. fun. Excellent. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll pose this question to you both because I know you both are expecting it. Uh, how many survival horror games have you played? Like, list them off to me. 
None? Really? You haven't played a single one? I know you tried Dead Space a little bit. I Yeah, I tried Dead Space for like half hour. I think P- that's it. PS1. Wasn't Silent Hill, wasn't Resident Evil. Parasite Eve? Is that oh, one? It's like a RPG, but it's survival horror based. I think it was that that I tried playing. Was that on the PS1? Yes. I think I rented that when I was a kid. Yeah, that was a pretty uh, mature game at the time. And I I couldn't get into it. Mm. And then I looked at Resident Evil and Silent Hill after that and thought, eh, it's the same thing. Okay, so one at a time. I've also tried Alan Wake, if you want to consider that. Oh, yeah, Alan Wake. I always did want to try that. I couldn't get into that either. Mm. I was expecting a... The story to hook me. Of all the survival horror games you've heard about, which one do you want to play the most? Alien Isolation. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to go with that too. Just because I like the franchise. Yes. Okay. I can do that, but first, uh, I got one specifically for Robert. (laughs) Oh boy. I think you should play System Shock 2. That, see, that's a name I've always seen thrown around like with the Bioshock series and so I've always been intrigued by it yes because it's a direct inspiration mm-hmm. for the Bioshock series because the original developers made System Shock 2 mm-hmm. and I think your hesitance towards like going into other genres I think this would be a, like a good starting point for you to experience more like it basically what style of game is it then it's like Bioshock but instead of being, like, based off of atmospheric horror, mm-hmm. it's more like science fiction horror. But, like, is it first-person shooter? Is it a 2D? It's is a it... first-person shooter. Really? Yes. And the reason why I'm recommending it, more so than any other survival horror game, is because of how old it is. Because this came out in 1999. Whew. So I feel like... For you, it would be great. Almost 20 years old. Yeah, and there is a remake, but it's been put on hiatus because the Kickstarter... I think it's more of a reboot at this point. They were going to do it as a remake, but then they started making something else entirely out of it. But I implore you to play the original, because you can buy it on GOG, G-O-G. As someone who does not own a computer, how would I play it? (laughs) You don't have a computer at all? I have a little crappy um, notebook, laptop. That could probably run it. I was going to say, this is a 20-year-old game. It should, it should be able to run uh, it. <laughs> it. It struggles with YouTube, so. <laughs> I was say, it wouldn't have controller support, though, I wouldn't think. Yeah, you would use mouse and keyboard. I don't own a mouse. Oh, Because man. I have a Killing laptop. Me. <laughs> Killing me. Well, I, I mean, do all my interneting on my you know tablet nowadays. So. Well, no, this is great because it's a laptop, right? Yeah. So you would have to use, like, the touchpad? Mm-hmm. So I challenge you to play it like that. That's a horrible introduction <laughs> to a PC of a first-person shooter. I know, I but can't play I, a game like that. I play Deus Ex like that. But again, if it struggles with yeah. YouTube, I don't think it could handle a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for the time where you slowly come to How about a PC when, I, when we start doing like Twitch streams and stuff like that, when we all have access to a computer, I will try it out. Because, I mean... You could classify Bioshock as survival horror, but I don't really. Yeah. I see it more as like an action game. <clears throat> but I feel like as a starting point, what System Shock 2 does so well is it builds an atmosphere and immersion for the game. Mm-hmm. For its time anyway, for 20 years ago almost, like it was like leaps and bounds beyond 
anything else at the time, aside mm-hmm. from, of course, like the Resident Evil series and whatnot. But I think you would love that game more so than Bioshock, even because it's got a great story to it. Mm. The writing is really well done. That's a bold proclamation. Because you know how in Bioshock you get like the audio diaries. Mm-hmm. System Shock Two is where that all started, and it was one of the first games to really incorporate that. And you can see the evolution of the series by playing System Shock Two. Mm. And I think the I don't know if you've been spoiled on the game yet. No, because <laughs> that's really rare. <laughs> uh, but I would think you would be really invested in Shodan as the villain because mm-hmm. she's like the rogue AI that's trying to kill you, and pretty much it's where a lot of survival horror borrows its inspiration from. And I think if you were to play that, it would compel you to play future series or installments of survival horror games. See, the thing that turns me away from those games the most is me being scared. So I well, don't I don't know if that's something I would ever <laughs> a game would ever stop this, me from being scared. Well this that's the thing. <laughs> System Shock Two it it's technically a horror game mm-hmm. but it's like Bioshock. You play Bioshock. Yeah. So it's a great way to get your There's feet wet. Parts of that game scared the crap out of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think this would be like a great stepping stone towards exploring further narratives that you know, because you read Stephen King and you would love a lot of these narratives mm-hmm. in survival horror, but you get too scared. I do get scared. And I'm like, oh, you're missing so I don't much like great, scary juicy, <laughs> awesome stories. That don't, are I don't like the feeling of being great. scared. And I don't know. I just think that'd be a great way to introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I've always have been curious about that game mm-hmm. from said, hearing it in conjunction with Bioshock. You said no wrong. That's not <laughs> how you say no. I'm sorry. Um, Kyle? No. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Objection. Moving on. Moving on to Kevin. What's up? Lay it on me, bro. I just said bro. I'm so what sorry. What would you say is the survival horror game that you would most likely want to play? I already told you. Alien Isolation. Alien Isolation. Okay. Just so. because of it, it's relatively new, and I like the the source material. See, I'm trying to think of something the opposite of that to try and compel you. Unless you want to hear more about it. But we already kind of covered it on the, little, on the show. A little bit. I don't so, know. What, what would you try to suggest for me? Well, I mean, you've dabbled in a few of the games that I've already talked about. I've played Dead Space a couple of times. Tried, I should say. I mean, you played Doom 3, right? Yes, I loved that game. Yeah, so you, like, you enjoy those elements because you also like... I hated the jump scares. Well, yeah, the jump scares are cheap. Nobody yeah. likes jump scares. Yeah, I, I don't know what, get why people keep making games and movies and stuff with jump scares because they're not fun. They're not uh, no because it's easy to make. It's easy to get a reaction. Yeah, out of. yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but why would you say you like Doom Three so much? Because it was a new Doom, and I hadn't had a new Doom in a long time. Well, it was more survival horror based than you know. Yeah, I, I'm, it, I'm and you played uh, Fear. Which is another game you should play, by the way. Fear 1. Yeah, that, that franchise really goes off the rails after that first game. Yeah, the first game is incredible, but I would not but play Fear sequels. and Doom 3 <laughs> for me were... Doom 3 was more of uh, trying to see the evolution of a franchise. It was all about seeing the enemies, how they are... I guess how they were in Doom 3 versus how they were decades prior. Mm. Seeing the 2D... To 3D 
That transition. Transition, yes. That's the word I was looking for. Because you like those elements of horror. Like, you play Binding of Isaac. You like the I don't style. consider that a horror game. Well, or even the aesthetic, even I don't really... I, the the story maybe can be a horror. It's horrific, mm. but I wouldn't say it's horrifying. But that's not what draws you to the game. It's the play. It's the play the style, play yeah, style. and the humor. Yeah, that game's a funny game. That too. Well, it's not I a guess, horror game. I guess I'll scratch that angle then, because I can't seem to think of anything remotely. I want to try to play Dead Space, but the game was so damn boring to start. Well, the first hour and a half was so boring. Well, what was boring about it? The jump scares? I didn't even notice the jump scares because I was too busy. The, the only thing that I did like about that game was the the UI and how it was implemented. Yeah. And it wasn't an actual menu. It was like a, the technical. It was like a holographic menu that popped up around the main yeah. character. But the game felt really slow, and I hate I can see feeling that. really slow in a game. So you like fast paced gameplay? Typically. See, that's why it's difficult to recommend you a survival horror game, because they're all slow-paced. That's the intention behind the design. Right, right. And that's why I haven't played them in the past. But that's kind of why I want you to try to talk me into one. I was going to say, with the new Resident Evil remake coming out, I've never played one of those games. I've never had the desire to. What's Why is everyone so excited about this? Why why would I like it? I mean, just to kind of briefly summarize it, Resident Evil was pretty much widely received as, like, the father of survival horror genre. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the first one of its kind. Um, I think why people look back fondly, including myself, on the series is because of how well the characters are done in the game. You have a well-balanced cast, each with uh, their own strengths and weaknesses. And as you play Resident Evil 1, you actually pick between... Chris or Jill, and they have different play styles that they bring to the game. And I haven't paid attention. Is the remake that's coming out, is it the first one? No, that was uh, Resident Evil 2 remake. Okay, the second one. Yes, that's what's coming out next year in January, which is going to be awesome. But I think why the game series is so highly regarded is because it came out during a time where survival horror was still in its infancy. And there's a lot of nostalgic moments for people that played those games back then during that specific time frame, similar to Silent Hill. And I think why people enjoyed it so much is because of the controls specifically. Like you mentioned, the slow-paced movement of the character. Mm -hmm. It makes each step you take a risk because you never know what's going to jump out at you. Or when you walk through the door in the loading screen, like that suspense just builds. The thing that's always driven me away from that series is the fixed camera angles in rooms. And I know that's a design mm. that's intentionally designed that way. Yes. To give you the angles that you don't know what's going to be coming where. Yeah. But I hate it when I'm walking into a room and then all of a sudden I have to change the direction I'm walking to <laughs> continue walking and not walk back out. And yeah, basically the tank controls you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to recommend the series if you're struggling with the controls because that's an intentional design choice to, you know, make you feel restricted in your movement. Right. So I think, honestly, I think the remake, Resident Evil 2 remake, that's coming out next year would be a great game for you to play. What about The Evil Within? Well, The Evil Within, it's 
takes a lot of elements from the action portion of the Resident Evil series. Yeah. So like Resident Evil 4. But it's faster, right? It is, yeah. And that's what I liked about Dead Space is because they borrowed that element as well. But you can actually strafe oh. help, you yeah. know, using Isaac. Yeah. Whereas in Resident Evil 4, you had tank control still. And then, of course, in Resident Evil 5, they kept that choice, which is why it sucked, in my opinion. But in games like Shadows of the Damned and Evil Within, you can move your character however you want. So maybe that's the way to go, is possibly try that. I possibly might. (laughs) I'm trying to come up with a convincing (laughs) way. Do you have one? Do you like action games? That's like asking if I like action movies. I mean... It, Do you like action movies? It depends on what type of action movie. depends on what type of action game. Do you like certain types of action movies? Certain types, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to break you down. Action game. Anything can be an action game. You're yeah. in court right Hearthstone now. could be an action game. It can. <laughs> card. Yeah, slap that card down. We'll... we'll We'll come back to trying to get me to play Evil Within at some point, or some kind of game like it's that. It's difficult to try and narrow you down. Do you have a game that you wanted to suggest for me, Robert? Yeah, I got one that I just kind of came up with now. I, I was that. originally going to try to do Gears 3, but, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I do really think you would enjoy that one, though, because a lot of the criticism you've hurled at the first one has kind of dissipated by the third one, okay. so I think you would enjoy the third one a lot more. Gotcha. And it's not super necessary to play the first two to enjoy the story. But uh, I was going to say the Mad Max game. I did play that for about three hours. Did you? Yeah. I couldn't remember. And it, it's been a long time since I played it, so I since we talked about it. don't remember if I just stopped playing it because I didn't have time and other stuff was coming out because I got it way after it came out. Yeah. Or if it was one of those things where, like I did recently with Prey, I had to uninstall it because my hard drive is too small hmm. and I needed to play other stuff. <laughs> I was going to say it's... Sell me on it too because I, I was losing interest. Okay. Um, like I said, I, I just got the vehicle, I think, mm-hmm. and I was not having very much fun with it. And you were almost three hours in? I take my time. <laughs> I don't know. No, I maybe didn't just get the vehicle, but I, I don't know. Well, it's... This was a while ago. Right. Because um, I know you're a fan of at least Fury Road. Yes. Movie, right? I haven't seen any of the original movies. Really? Though. I have not. You should definitely check out Road Warrior. Yeah, it's that one. Beyond Thunderdome's really good, too, though. It's really out there, but it's good. Um, so, you know, this one, the game takes more of a style from... You know, Fury Road. Right. But the sense of upgrading your vehicle once you get past those first couple hours, and then you start getting things like, you know, grappling hooks, rocket launchers, stuff like that, the vehicular combat gets to be really fun. And then you start opening up more varied parts of the map, get different enemies. Um, And there is, like, a sense of having to, like, you know, clear out this spot and you clear out this spot, and they have enemy camps and all that. But the way it moves you towards the end goal, you know, the big guy at the end of the map, is really cool. And I know we talked about this a couple episodes ago about how if you try to go out of the map, mm-hmm. it'll just... You can keep going. It's not going to have an invisible wall, but eventually you're going to die because... Too much like sand. You <laughs> sand and storms and stuff out there. Yeah. But another reason I wanted to say is because I know we both have a love for the first Just Cause in that series... And with Just Cause 4 coming out, it's uh, 
developed by Avalanche, uh-huh. who did Mad Max. Uh-huh. So I think it would be a good like primer for what they're going to bring to the Just Cause series. Gotcha. But, yeah, just kind of like the off-the-wall off characters. The bad guys are all like crazy I, and I do zany love zany, over-the-top yeah. characters, and I do. It is a darkly funny game, too. Like, a lot of the humor... I found myself just cracking up at things that are just like, it's like, that's bad, but that's funny. And yeah, there's a lot of, it's definitely like when I saw the Rage 2 trailer, it seemed like they were kind of trying to have like that Fury Road vibe or, you know, crazy characters and stuff. And this game kind of has that. Actually, isn't that being developed by Avalanche? What? Was it Id and Avalanche? Oh, yeah, Id and Avalanche, yeah. So maybe Avalanche isn't doing Just Cause 4. What was I thinking of? Maybe they're doing both. I can't keep it straight. But, <laughs> yeah, so I think they took a lot of... I thought, I, thought they were, I thought they did the whole Just Cause series. Did they? I can't remember. I, don't remember. I didn't do my research on the series before. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, Rage. So that's what I was thinking of. And yeah. it seems like a lot of the stuff they started with Mad Max are taking to that, but amplifying it. Yeah. And that is actually what got me... Uh, interested in the new Rage game that's coming out mm-hmm. from that trailer was the fact that Avalanche was a part of yeah. it and they put their crazy Woo-hoo! in there. Mm-hmm. And from playing both Just Cause and Mad Max, right. I'm, I'm excited for that. Nice. But I, I think if you played it more and started upgrading your vehicle and getting more of those bad guys and stuff, you'd enjoy it a lot more. Gotta upgrade your camel. <laughs> but you're not paying for it. That's true. No microtransactions. That's true. You guys like music? Do you guys play Guitar Hero? Yeah. Well, I played a lot of. It I know back Kyle in the day. did because yeah, Kyle and we, I played. We played together all the time. Tons and tons of it. We did. We used to play it a lot. I was a, a solo player though. I played with myself. <laughs> oh man! That came out wrong. Slapping the never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I mean, there'd be like parties and stuff that I'd play it at, but mostly I. Did you ever buy a microphone stand like I did and try to do singing and guitar at the same time? That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I didn't have a stand, but I did try that once, yeah. Kyle and I would do that with Metallica. Oh, man. That was fun. Good times. So you guys know my my love for roguelites and roguelikes. Yes. If I were to recommend any roguelike dungeon crawler to you guys, it would be Crypt of the Necrodancer. It's a rhythm-based game. I've mentioned it slightly on the podcast before. It's at its core, it's a rhythm game, but it's a dungeon crawler. And the thing that appeals the most to me about it as a roguelike is that enemy. Every enemy has its own pattern, and I love learning enemy patterns and how to get better than them. And I think that's something that would appeal to you, Kyle, is trying to figure out every single enemy's pattern to try to get jump ahead of it because. You move and then the enemies move, and you move at every beat of the song, so you're constantly moving, and I tend to play while bouncing my head up and down. <laughs> it's it's a game that I cannot stream or record like commentary over while I'm playing. I've tried it, and I'm horrible. <laughs> the best part about that game is once you think you have it mastered and you beat it, you get another character unlocked, and that changes the play style entirely. So like Binding of Isaac, basically. Same Basically, thing. but they take it to the nth degree with how each character changes the game entirely. Mm-hmm. There's one character that you play as that is double the beats, and you have to hit it twice per beat, but you mm-hmm. still have to do it like evenly on, I guess, every half beat at that point. 
it's like the hard mode or one of the hard modes. That sounds difficult already. There's one character that doesn't have the ability to use weapons. I forgot to mention the weapons in that game. Every weapon has its own pattern and how you use it. There's a dagger that you can just uh, use against an enemy in one tile, either up, down, left, or right from you. Mm. There's a mace that hits in an L direction. There's There are pole arms that hit... I think enemies two in front of you. It's just, there's a wide range mm. of stuff, and each thing takes its own mastery to be able to play. Like I still can't play with most of the weapons in that game. There's one character that has just bombs, and you plant a bomb and kick the bomb at the enemies instead of using an actual enemy. There's one character that you play as that has a loot, and you have to walk next to the enemies to kill them. The loot kills them as you're playing next to them. Mm. It's just every character has a completely different way mm. of playing that game, and it changes it every time. So any time you think that you've mastered it, you haven't, because there's another way to play it. I see. Mm. The hardest character in the game, if you miss a beat, you die. If you get hit, you die. You pick up like, You pick up any item. There's no item pickups for you to pick up. Mm. So if you miss a single beat, you get hit once, you die. Yikes. There's one character that if you pick up any gold, you die. <laughs> it's There's a ton of challenges, and I think that Kyle would really like that once you get into that, that rhythm of playing the game. The music, I flip it, love it. It's fantastic, and there's different variations now. When the fir- game first came out, I think there were three variations on the soundtrack. Now there's like five or seven or some crazy crap like that. There's a bunch of different soundtracks, but they're all the same and still keep the same beat. Isn't the composer the same guy that did, like, Super Meat Boy and stuff like that? Uh, of the original soundtrack, yeah. The, yeah. the main soundtrack of Crypt of the Necrodancer is done by da- uh, Danny B. Mm. Uh, he's the guy that did the original Binding of Isaac music and yes, the Flash that's, version. That's version. what I loved about the Flash version was yeah. the music. Yeah. And, and that's what turned me off from the remake was the music. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You get used to the music in Rebirth, but you can turn it off and just listen to your own music anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Danny B, he's, he's phenomenal, and he... That I think Necrodancer is his best work. It's my favorite work of his, mm. I should say. Mm. And then there's other versions of it. There's like an elect- uh, like electronica version of that soundtrack. There's a a chiptunes version of that soundtrack. Mm. There's they're all they're all really great. I really think that you would enjoy Robert playing that game, trying mm. to get like the hang of tapping the. It, it's a top down game, but. Mm-hmm. Don't let that take it take anything away from it. This game particularly, there's no way you could do this in a third-person environment, like a right. behind-the-camera or a first-person. You'd have to do that from a top-down. Um, it would take you particularly a while to get used to just because you right. don't have any like frame Experience. of reference yeah. for that kind of game. But I think, Kyle, the, the sense of mastery that you got out of the original Flash version of Isaac would take it to a next level for you. Mm. I think that you would really enjoy it, especially when you have time and you want to listen to good music yeah. and play a game at the same time that <laughs> is really hard. I think that's the game for I you. I do own it, so I, I it's one I've tried a little bit of, but at the time I couldn't really get a feel for the mechanics. Yeah, it takes, so I think it it takes time. Off. Yeah, it, so it, I think with more time. Yeah, mm. I, I think I, I played... Fun, I find this for it. I think I played the game for about, I want to say about 20 hours, maybe it's a little less. It's around the 15 to 20 hour mark before I finally beat the game with the first character. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it took me a long time to get, maybe yeah. it, it wasn't even that much, but it was a long, it was a much longer time than I thought that it should have. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've only, I haven't played the game as much as I'd like to, just because there's always stuff going around, around going on around me. <laughs> 
that I can't focus on it as much as I'd like. But mm. if you have the ability to be, focus on something, then I think you guys would both get a kick out of that game. Excellent. And I think Kyle could put hundreds of hours into it. Ooh. It'd take me a year, but... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I could see you getting into it that, to that there degree, you go. though. Well, if we're done selling games to each other, I'd like to sell all of you listening to PushingButtonsPodcast.com. We don't have anything for sale. Smooth. So I'm not actually trying to sell you anything, but I would love for you guys to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitch. Follow us on Twitter. Links to everything is on PushingButtonsPodcast.com. Yeah. Share us. Tell your friends about us. Like us. Mm-hmm. Define us. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> yes. From last week. Oh, a one minor correction from last week's episode. I said that in God of War you find weapons. You don't find them. You have to craft them. You have yeah, to unlock the ability true. to craft them, and then you craft them. I just wanted to to clear that up last week. I don't know what <laughs> well, I was thinking. Well, if we're mentioning errors, I mean, I probably make an error every episode, <laughs> so there was too many to count. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't think you banged on the table this time. There's time to fix that. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Adios. Good night. Love you.